0: Part two of the Wakanda Forever Black History Month Locked on Texas podcast. Cody and I take a look along with Big Sarge and Brandon K. Scott. Whether or not D'Amico Ryans can help the Texans in free agency. CJ versus Bryce Young, what makes sense. And H-Town legends. Let's dive all into that on today's show. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of houston we want to deliver a championship here to the city of houston and that's what that's what it'll be about
1: you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash On today to get started. Part two of Big Sarge and Brandon K. Scott stopping by the Locked On Texan Podcast, kicking it with me, throw up your... What kind of forever? Which, by the way, <laughs> I thought part two of uh, What Kind of Forever was better than the Black Panther, but I thought that was a phenomenal movie. I thought Bassett did a very good job. What? Yeah, I just let's, said. Let's uh,
2: let's start it there with the controversy. Let's start it there. I love
0: it. It was a better. It was a, it was a better villain. Uh, I thought that Leticia Wright. They did a very good job of following the comic books. And how, portraying how she became the Black Panther, I thought again, Angela Bassett did an amazing job as a mom of a nation that just lost her son, and everything was going on. I thought the storyline was better, I thought that was an overall better feeling.
3: Chadwick Bozeman and Michael B. Jordan,
1: boy, you goddamn mind. Chad, uh...
3: No,
0: I'm not saying so. We, I think people get caught up in when I say that because I've said it a lot and had the same
1: reaction because of Chadwick Bozeman. Uh, Even if know, Chadwick was not, still alive, uh, I, I would still say the first one would Me be better. No, I, I think
0: storytelling was much more better.
1: It's it, it, no, I think you're using the Chadwick Bozeman part. For your narrative, only because you got to give credit to how much they had to change the whole mm-hmm. entire script, given the unfortunate circumstances that surrounded Chadwick. But you, you, come on, bro. Hey, hey,
2: hey! We whoa, we whoa. are a divided. This is a divided show. Man, it's a divided whoa, show. You know what? this is a divided yeah, show, better. I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and, and do that. This is huh. a, this is a
1: divided show. <laughs> I'm <gonna grow> my <laughs> <friends dry. laughs> But with that being said, welcome back into this divided installment of Locked On Texans: The Wakanda Forever Position. It went from Wakanda um,
0: Forever to Wakanda Sometimes.
1: Exactly. You know, part one of Wakanda is down here. Part two with all the blue, blue people fish. You know, want to be Aquaman and stuff down there at the bottom. But with that being said, let's jump right into it um we talked about it a little bit on yesterday but we're gonna jump into it today um big sarge i'm gonna start with you for my part one of black panther of saying that it's a better movie thank you very much so sarge i'm going to start with you um how can Demico rhymes actually help the houston texans improve their free agency throughout this whole entire offseason?
3: He can help him improve it be- just by his name and his work alone. And I think that uh, that I mentioned this on the show before. You know, there's a – when you have a player – I mean, when you have a person like D'Amico Ryans who's been a player and has been – you know, was a very good player, not just, you know, somebody who spent a couple of years in the league and then moved on. And I'm not knocking anybody who has done that because in order to make it to the NFL, I mean, that's the creme de la creme. You know, it's not easy making it to the, to the NFL. But, you know, D'Amico Ryans – from where he came from to, you know, and went to Alabama and left Alabama, then got into the league and, you know, was able to play very well in the league, got out of the league and became, you know, a very good coordinator. So when you have these free agents coming in, th- these are the type of people who want to, to hear that. And, you know, this is no shot at at, at David Cully, but you know, there's some things that David Cully as a long-term assistant trying to get a player to come play for him. There's some things that the players are just gonna look at and be like, "Man, you've been an assistant coach for how long? And you never this your first time being a head coach? Okay, so how much money y'all got? There ain't nothing else I want to hear, but how much money you got?" compared to D'Amico Ryan's, when he sits down now, they're talking, and I've used this, uh, I've used this analogy before, when you're in the army, there's certain type of acronyms that you use in order to find out what a person has done in the army, where they've been, what their, their job was, you know, you ask somebody, have you ever been downrange? That means, have you ever been in a war, in a war zone? You know, have you, you know, what was your MOS, meaning what was your job? And so, when D'Amico Ryan sits down, he knows the language and the lingo to talk to these players also you want players want somebody who has been in a locker room that can relate to what they're going, going through. Now, I'm not knocking some of these other coaches who've never played the game. They know how to manage their locker rooms, or they got the people who can manage their locker room. But, you know, Domingo Ryan, as a former player, can walk through a locker room and, and probably spot something quicker than somebody else can, or somebody can come talk to him, and he can go back to his playing days and what, you know, what he went through. He can, you know, use his past experience to be able to help those players. And so when these free agents come in, of course, they, you know, the money is the biggest thing. First of all, hey, let me just. How much money can I get? And then now that I've gotten the money, you know, okay, so who am I going to be playing for? What is his, his you know, what has he done? What what is his scheme? What does he wants to do? What is you know who, who's going to be my position coach? And when you have a player like, I mean, sorry, when you have a coach like D'Amico Ryans he checks all the boxes for free agents.
0: So his validity as a as a former player and as a coach is what I think. We're all looking to like he, he checks off, like I said, all the boxes, right? Does that, and I think it does, but I'm going to get this over to Brandon. How much of that does it help out Nick Casario to do his job? Because ultimately, you know, as your general manager, yeah, your head coach can kind of be your face and front man, but you still got to go out there and do what's right for this roster. How does D'Amico being in Houston now – Takes off that pressure of I got to work around having David Cully as my coach. Got to work around having Lovey Smith as my coach, who refuses to change it and listen to you know new ideologies. Won't even change his playlist for for practice. Right, twenty four year olds don't want to listen to happy feelings. Twenty two year olds, right out of out of of college, don't want to hear of well, you're thirty. These are right out of college, (laughs) SEC. They want to listen to. We're not changing it. So now with a D'Amico who's been on those sidelines with younger players, mid-tier players, older players, vets, how much of that really does affect how good of a job uh, Nick Aserio can do?
2: Yeah, man, it's really one of those things where it's not just perception, but it's reality. We talked in a previous episode about how it's changed the perception, but this here subject is how it changes the reality. Right. And, and how changing the perception can help change the reality, like how they can be sort of tied together. And I think uh, a lot of what Sarge was talking about there about him being a former player, him being D'Amico Ryans, being a former player and being uh, relatable and, and and not just that, not just a former player, but a former player. I actually wanted to ask him about this when we had the press conference and it just didn't come up. You know, there are more questions than opportunity there. But I, I would have liked to have heard from him what he what did he think about not just him as a former player, but his proximity to his playing days. The fact that he's again a former player who, who played not that long ago. So it's not like he's, you know, the a player from when they was wearing the neck rolls back in the day or all that kind of stuff. You know, like he <laughs> he played very, very recently, or relatively recently. The man is 38 years old. So to me, that means that he still has a connectivity as not just as a coach, but as a player to kind of to today's game, like there are people in today's game that he played with and against, you know, so I I think that that matters and makes him not just a former player, but a relatable former player, Uh, somebody that looked like he could still and I'm sure he doesn't want to do this because you that's why you retire. You know, he ain't crazy, but still look like he could get with him if he needed to. Uh, Dan Campbell's a little bit older, but he reminds me of that too. Like somebody, like you saw on Hard Knocks, where he was doing the up-downs with the players. You know, I'm not suggesting Domingo go out there and do that. But when you have a coach that's like that, that's not just, you know, swollen and built like that, but it's because he's a former player and he knows what it takes to get through a training camp, knows what your body feels like after a game, at the bye week, Uh, if you're fortunate enough to make the postseason what your body must be feeling like to endure that like there is value in that I really believe in it and just to close I think you know Sarge was talking about this but Nick Casario everything that that Sarge just mentioned uh, Nick Casario kind of laid that out as well uh, on Texans All Access that was on Sports Radio 16 last week and even said at the end of that kind of uh, articulating some of the points that Sarge made about the value of having a player as your coach, a former player as your coach, but even said there at the end that that it probably meant a little bit more than they probably re- gave it credit for in the beginning. Like just e- even in the few weeks that they've had him now, they are kind of able to see and understand better the value of that. And so honestly, I'm interested to see how it materializes and how it actually looks in practice. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for, perception to meet reality and the reality of D'Amico Ryan's and having him it's not just a perception of hey the the Texans are doing things well but now the players that are free agents and might be interested in the team can look over and say well hey there's a head coach that I can identify with perhaps in more ways than one
0: if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of that fat and calories and you got to try a bill bar We just got through the holidays. It's everybody's goal right now, especially after Valentine's Day. You went out and had a little extra carbs and all the sweets in the world that was unhealthy for you. Your goal right now, I'm sure, is to get back down to a healthier state. and I get it. Bill Bar is where you need to go. It's healthy, but it actually tastes great. The great thing about Bill Bar is they're covered in 100% real chocolate, plus they have all of the delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, You name it, they got it. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't have to wait for your online order to come in. You can go to Walmart, your local Walmart, to pick one up, or Sam's Club as well. So head on over to Walmart, Sam's Club, or if you still want to visit Built.com, you can do that to order yours today. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world Number two overall pick belongs to the Houston Texans. And while mm. number 12 is maybe equally important, number two right now is a talk of the town. CJ, Bryce, which way are we going, fellas? I'm, uh, you know what? Me and B. Scott been on the same page about this Wakanda. Let's go ahead and <laughs> over to B. Scott.
2: <laughs> yeah. So if they've got a choice between the two, right, and, and obviously they picked two, there's been some conversation about them. Possibly wanting to trade up, I don't really see that being a a, being a good idea. I hope that they don't do that, hmm. and I and I say that honestly because I do believe there are two, at least two, quarterbacks that are worth taking at two, which means one should be left over for you. Simple math, right there. It didn't have to be a math scholar to understand that. So, so from that standpoint, I am really, uh, I, I'm really excited just about the opportunity. But when you're talking about either or, which one, to me, it's clearly that, that Bryce, It's clear to me that Bryce Young is the best quarterback prospect in this draft. Yes, the size is an issue. The size is a concern. More so for me, not from a, a, a play speed standpoint or from a playmaking standpoint, but just from a, you know, when you watch somebody, if a 300 and something pound defensive lineman fall on his ankle. I'm not going to feel as great about that as I would somebody with prototypical size. But, 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 just in terms of being a prospect, being somebody that can process defenses and read defenses and is accurate and, and has just the overall, um, and, and then all of the the, the scouts who, who watched, I have not heard a single credible scout say that Bryce Young is not a top flight prospect beyond just the fact that he's got the size issue so out of the two i would say bryce young best overall prospect but if somebody does jump you to go take him which i'm you know i'm praying it doesn't happen but we know that this is a possibility if somebody does jump you to take him cj stroud's accuracy impresses me um I know that I've disagreed with this with, uh, with Wade Smith, former Texan offensive lineman. I was surprised to hear him say that. He, uh, he comes on Sports Radio 610 with us. And he said that he wasn't in love with, with C.J. Stroud's accuracy. And he was one of the first credible football people that I heard say that and it's had me give it a little bit more thought. But I'm going to go ahead and stick with my convictions here. And what I saw my, What I saw personally was an accurate quarterback. Um, I thought the, the playoff game against uh, against Georgia was instructive. Because they had not played, you know, the, there was a question about the competition that they played. That Ohio State played. Georgia's defense is the closest thing to a to an NFL defense that we're going to get to see him play until he gets into the NFL. Now, I'm not, I'm not crazy saying that Georgia's defense is an NFL defense. It's just a, de- a defense that's got a few NFL players on it. Okay, and so it's the closest thing that that you could use as an example. For how is he how is this game going to translate? And so for me, that was a selling point. I believe in C.J. Stroud. Um, but Bryce Young to me is the, is clearly the number one prospect.
1: Mm. And of course, it seems like everybody's preparing themselves for the Houston Texans to select either Bryce or C.J. But SARS, there are some talks, you know, floating around on whether or not that is the correct Decision for the Houston Texans. Um, do you or do you not would like to see the Houston Texans go a different route and let's say go out and get a veteran quarterback and try to compete now? Um, you already know the top two quarterbacks that's probably on the market right now, Jimmy Jimmy G, who is with D'Amico Ryan's in San Francisco, and of course, um Derek Carr, who is probably the top quarterback prospect on this year for agency list. And even after you Give your thoughts on whether or not they should go out and get a veteran quarterback. Um, you can also chime in and and, and let us know who you prefer out of CJ or Bryce.
3: Well, Cody, I I, I don't want to interrupt the floor of this show, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I definitely don't want to, to take us in a different direction, but I have to ask John this question before I I, I answer my question. I mean before I answer the question that you asked me. And I'm asking John this because I know one of the things that John loves to do is to study offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I know that he is a savant when it comes to, you know, the linemen, the lineman position. So when you look Aww. at – man, we've had this conversation about that all before. Anyway, John, when you look at the current makeup of the Houston Texans offensive line, which quarterback do you think that they're most that, that they're built to protect and be more efficient with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Uh, you're on mute. That
0: is a good question. I think because of the issues within the tackles, CJ. Uh, and I say that because the quickest way to point A to point B is just straight. And uh, last year, man, especially the game against uh, the, the, the the commanders where there were so many struggles within the interior offensive line. And I look at CJ and I look at Bryce and I say, man, Bryce, his, his frame really does scare me. That That's the number reason why I have CJ number one, because Bryce Young's frame scares me, especially after seeing what happened with Tua took over lower this past season. And Tua is much more bulkier than uh Bryce Young though Bryce Young he does not take hits that's one thing about his game that I love but to answer your question with those tackles and with the issues that we have in here in Houston right now I got to go CJ uh over Bryce in terms of which offensive what the offensive line could protect better out of those two quarterbacks
3: Okay. And I just like I said, I just want to get your, your thoughts on that because I know that you do study the offensive line very, very closely, more closely than than I do. And I was just trying to get, you know, your opinion on that. But to answer your question, um, Cody, let me answer the first part. I don't I don't think that there is a veteran quarterback out there right now on the market that the Houston Texans should bring in. I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo's game because Jimmy Garoppolo is more of a system quarterback and the Texans don't have the system yet. And I know that even bringing in Bobby Slowick into the Texas organization, you still don't have those other three parts that I mentioned um, on the other show. Uh, when, you know, you don't have Brandon Ayuk, you don't have Debo Samuels, and you don't have a Christian McCaffrey. Those are those, those components kept Jimmy G looking more efficient than what I think that he really is. And so that's out the window. I don't like Derek Carr, and I and I'm just going about the two quarterbacks that you mentioned. I don't like Derek Carr because, to me, Derek Carr is he's an upgrade from his brother David, but at some point in time he gets so inconsistent that you have not a clue on what he's doing. Even when I watched him go head to head, you know, when I was in Vegas when the Texans played the Raiders, and I'm watching him, I'm saying like you're barely out you're barely outperforming um Davis Mills like you're barely outperforming Davis Mills they asked you to sit out the last what two or three games and they're asking you to sit out when you have an all pro wide receiver you have an all pro running back you have another very good wide receiver you have a very good Um, You have a very good tight end, and so I felt like the hindrance, you know, a lot of people want to blame other factors when it came to Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. No, it was Derek Carr, and I feel like wherever he goes, he's not going to have, he's not going to have what he has in, in the Raiders, what he had with the Raiders going to the Saints or going to the Jets, like you were in the perfect situation. And you, they asked you not to come back to the facility. Do you know what it takes to tell a white man not to come back to the facility? Like they told him, "Don't come bad. back.
2: They
3: said, "Don't come." We good over here. We're gonna go with Stidham. Ain't that who they played with, Jared Stidham?
0: And then they had an a, a, a undrafted a, a, a rookie, a free agent, somebody else outside. You know, in them last games, somebody else
3: finished their season out for him too. So. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you can't bring Derek Carr into a situation like what the Texans have in this rebuilding situation because it's not gonna it's not gonna work for him. If it couldn't work when he had everything that he needed in with the Raiders, it's definitely not gonna work with the Texans. Now, real quickly, I like Bryce Young. I feel like Bryce Young is more NFL ready than than C.J. Stroud. I like I like C.J. Stroud, Stroud's athleticism. I like his his ball placement. But I feel like Bryce Young, Bryce young Reese's defense is quicker to me. Man, he his processed. IQ is
0: phenomenal.
3: He processes faster. Phenomenal. And in the NFL, if you can process fast, that's – I put it like this. That was one of the things that made – outside of, you know, Tom Brady having a quick release, he processes quick. Oh, not here, not here, not here, here. And that's what I like. I think that C.J. Stroud watching him, especially when he had – um. It's the wide receiver that he had the, the son of the former of uh, Marvin Harrison's son yeah Marvin a dog yeah yeah so you get like he is focusing on him and watching him well if he don't get open then he starts going through his reads when it comes to bryce young when i'm watching him and and i will say this now i'm not going to be a hypocrite and sit up here and say that you know that that he didn't have the time to process a lot because he did not they, they didn't have the a great alabama offensive line like they've had in the past but they had a very good offensive line that gave him a lot of time to be able to go through his progressions but even when you watch him standing in that pocket and you know of course i'm not a quarterback whisperer i'm not a quarterback coach but i just pick up on certain things like side note like if davis mills wouldn't have chopped his feet so much in the pocket he probably would have been a whole lot better if he just stopped and used his upper body more than chopping his feet because chopping his feet causes passes to be off The, the the passes that you see davis Mills throw. Watch his feet. He's set. And when he's set, Davis Mills is by far one of one, one of the best quarterbacks when he sets his feet. When he sets his feet in halftime, he do. But for some reason, his internal clock makes him choppy, choppy, choppy. And I say all that to say that watching Bryce Young, you just his head tells me that he's processing. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. My hey, this route is covered. Bam, 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 hot route. Here, let's go. Let's move up the field.
0: The NFL season is over, and as we are gearing up for the offseason, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you win. If you don't win your first bet, you can bet on anything you want to from the money line to point spreads, even threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Don't miss the chance on your no-sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com/slash locked on to learn more. Welcome back in, locked on, Texan listeners and viewers. We are sadly ending off our two-part episode of the uh, Wakanda Forever Black History Podcast of the Locked on Texan Podcast. Been a fun ride and no better way, I think, to end this ride off than to bring it on home, man. Bring it back to H-Town. There was a, uh, I would say, interesting slash fun conversation that started (laughs) this past Friday um, by my man James on Twitter. Y'all may know him by Young Ari Gold, but Sarge, tweeted a picture of Vince Young. I believe he, this was at the Travis Scott Cactus Jack Foundation softball celebrity classic game. It said H-Town legend. My man James said something along the lines of what has Vince Young done to be an H-Town legend? And that sparked a conversation uh, for a lot of people. And so it got us to thinking, what better way to end off today's show than to give flowers to some of our Local, town, legend, of course, VY is, is undisputed, right? I, I, You know, for some people, I don't even think there needs to be an explanation. VY doesn't even go by Vince Young in Houston. He goes by VY, the legend, right? <laughs> it, it is what it is, but you guys have been around and see a lot of football, a lot of basketball, a lot of sports here in the city of Houston. Before I close out, man, VY is a legend. I mean, it, how yeah. – the atmosphere, in Madison, and high school sports at that time. I think he had like was sixty TDs his senior year, something crazy you know, like hey, that. And hey, just-
2: hey, here here, 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 but before we go through the stats and accolades, <laughs> let me just remind everybody, okay? And, and just to qualify here, also, I am a child of Hiram Clark. I am from Windsor Village. Oh, man, I'm from so I'm a little bit biased on this, but I'm I'm a few years younger than Vince Young, and I remember being. A young preteen, okay. When Vince Young was in was in high school at Madison, and this was all, and I mean all that we talked about. And you also got to remember this too, that I think is important. And Sarge remembers this even better than I do. Okay. At that time, there were no Oilers, there were mm. no Texans. Okay, mm. there was no professional football in the city of Houston at that time when Vy was killing the game. Okay. And all we really had was whatever, wherever your local allegiances lie. So whatever your college team is, whatever your high school team is, whatever your truly, truly local team was, that's where your allegiances lie. And I'll say this about VY at the time. Okay. Sorry, you, I bet you remember this. It wasn't accurate, but it's a way people felt at the time because VY was such a man amongst boys you had people talking at the time again erroneously but believed it wholeheartedly that Vince Young as a high school player could jump and go straight to the NFL <laughs> wasn't people wasn't yeah, people having that conversation in barbershop shops? yes they were yes and, they and, were And, and, boy, and i'm you go, telling you that boy can go right now i'm yeah. telling you take a little he bit off did, the top i'm he telling did. you <laughs> and it and it, it did not feel that it was like a legitimate conversation at the time because it felt that way. That's how different that guy was from high school football. Like you had high school football and you had Vince Young playing high school football, but he was a separate entity. And, and so, and so you have to keep that in context that even as you have, you got a, a number of legends, okay. That or legendary high school players. But very few times will you have a difference maker like that, especially a quarterback that you look at and say, oh, he's, he's in a different league. He doesn't even belong on the same field as the best of those who are at his level. So it, it, it truly felt that way at the time. And I think it cannot be understated as well that BY played at a time where we had our allegiances fixated hyper-locally on our colleges and our high schools and which which, by the way have always meant a lot to us whether we have professional football here in this city or
3: not go ahead Cody I'm gonna go up to you
2: no no go go ahead go (laughs) ahead you know so (laughs) Houston born there you go
3: so so the, the the thing for me was when when he said how is vince a houston legend when he says that you know what what did vince young do for the city of houston And, and you know i had to take a step back and i had to realize you know james is you know houston but he's not houston he spent some time in california and so he doesn't really he gets it but he doesn't get get it and i'm saying to myself The only thing Vince Young did was galvanize not only the city of Houston, but the surrounding areas. You had people driving from out of town to come see Vince Young play. Every place that Vince Young played in, he packed it out, packed it out. This guy was the number one recruit in the nation. He was the parade All-American. He was a parade All-American, and he was the parade offensive player of the year. That means out of all the high schools, Vince Young was the number <laughs> one player, offensive player throughout the nation. And I'm not gonna even talk about what he did as far as all state and you know, player of the years here. Like, let's not even just talk about the local, the local and the state accolades that are. Let's talk about the national ones. Like the number one player in the nation. Vince Young had grown men showing up to his game with Vince Young t-shirts on in high school and like uh, look uh, let me say it like this B Scott like B Scott said Hiram Clark do you, you you say the name Vince Young and Hiram Clark right now like try to slander Vince Young's name anywhere in the city of Houston but go over in that Hiram Clark area and say something bad about Vince Young you line to get into a fight <laughs> depending on who you're talking to you line to get into a fight and so with that being said you know what, what what I had to to you know reiterate to James and a couple of other people who other couple of people who didn't believe that Vince Young was a legend I said I I, I looked up the definition of legend I screenshot it and I put it and you know into the into the tweet and it said somebody is it's a person who people tell stories about and he is, uh, he or she is the central focal point of that story. Vince Young is the central focal point. And then he tried to say, if anything, he's an Austin legend. And he was using the fact that Vince Young won a national championship at UT. So I had to come back and I had to tell him and, and, and the other people that agreed with him. When Vince Young went to UT, like the people who watched him in high school, he wasn't surprised what he's doing. Like the people who were just seeing him on the national level on the national stage do what he did, especially in the last two years. Think about it. His the uh the year before they won a the national championship, he destroyed Michigan in the Rose Bowl. And then after that, what did he say? I'll be right back here next year playing for the national championship. He said that, and man so all those it. people, you man know, all those people it. got caught up in, oh man, UT, UT, UT. And I'm saying to myself, we've already seen this. Like Vince played safety. Vince was a punter. Like we've seen the what what Vince Young can do once he steps on. a football field that's why side note that's why i am i'm not never will nor will i ever say anything positive about jeff fisher because he ruined oh man vince young's nfl career because he did not want vince he did not want vince at all but bud adams did and so cody i know you're going to jump into this that's why i leave the lane open for you as far as the texas is concerned but a lot of people look at it and say, well, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. Well, I mean, his rookie year, he was a monster. Yeah. So yes, Vince has and always will be an H-town legend.
1: You know, and look, people that's been rocking with this podcast for a long time already know how I feel. I say this every year, especially close to the draft. John hates when I bring it up, but what I I say this: there's 10 moments in sports history I would never give old get over. Um, so are you put it perfect, you know, Jeff Fisher ruined vince young's career but i always say this to that point and i 100 agree with you but he should have never been in tennessee because after what vince young did in the city of houston as 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 a high school phenomenon um what he did for ut i would never understand why with the first overall pick in 2006 they did not select vince young at the time who needed a quarterback and i always say this as well When you go back and you take a look at Vince Young's career, you can say that he was starting to reach his potential during what? The 2009, 10, 11, 12 season. That was also the season where the Houston Texans finally started to put together good product on the field. When you go back and you take a look at what the Texans did in 20, what was that 2012 and and twenty eleven, You know those years where they went what 12 and 4, 10 and 4, whatever the case might be, and you had a good run game in Aaron Foster. You had one of, if not the best, wide receiver in um in, in Andre Johnson at the time. You know, your defense was starting to come together, especially in 2012 when you had drafted time we didn't know a future first ballot Hall of Famer and J.J. White. We all love to reminisce on those times. But that's one thing that we always go back to if they had a quarterback and they had a goddamn opportunity to get a quarterback at that time. And they decided not to. Whoa. And I always tell people this. Go back to I can't remember if it's the 2010, 2011 Pro Bowl. One of the best players of that game was when Vince Young connected with Andre Johnson for like a 50-yard touchdown. And I always say to myself, that should be happening at the time of Reliant Stadium every single Sunday on a daily basis. I would never understand that, and I'm never going to let that go. Hey. No, hey. no, 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 no more, no more, John. Just close it because I get angry every time I think about it. Thank John, you guys just for close checking it. out today's episode
0: it. of the Locked On Texas podcast, part two. When we come back for the rest of the week, we got some things we actually need to analyze about the Houston Texans. But today's show was really kind of dedicated to Vishon. So thank you, Viva, for being who you were to the city of Houston. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Also, take those same few fingers, scroll over to YouTube, and subscribe to the Locked On Texan YouTube page
2: as well b scott go ahead but yeah man at brandon k scott on twitter of course at b scott from Harm clark because i just happen to be b scott from Harm clark so you can check me out uh right there on on, on instagram b scott from Harm clark and of course uh you know sportsradio 16.com that's what a, that's where the work happened at and uh yeah get with me why we so,
3: never should... hear why we never never hear b scott from the block podcast you never promote that
2: Oh, yeah, the B the block podcast, of course, the B block podcast every week. But that's what I'm saying. If you come to, 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 if you find me on social media, you'll find everything I'm doing. Because here, I'm kind of like you, Sars, where I got like my hand in too many, uh, you know what I'm saying, in too many different baskets. I got the B block podcast, I got the H town hoops podcast, I'll be on the locked on Texas podcast all the time. I'll be hosting. Hey, if y'all catch this. Um, no, they probably not gonna catch it, but I'm gonna be on the air during the week too on sports radio six ten. It's way too much stuff going on at once for me to just tell you one thing. So hit your boy up on social media and find it all.
3: You can find me at Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also follow me on oh, I'm sorry, you can subscribe to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge Podcast, and you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Big Sarge Media. All my Texas work can be found at Texans Wire USA today hmm. and as always
1: i'm your host cody m davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y-d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 until next time ladies and gentlemen peace